All right, welcome to the sports report. Today we'll talk about the NFL schedule, playoff teams, my surprise team, break down the matchup tonight between the Chiefs and the Texans. Football's back, I'm super excited. We'll talk about the NBA playoffs and how round two is going. Then we'll wrap it up with some baseball talk, see how the playoffs are going, and see how the picks are pointing out. Football is back, baby. I am super excited. We got Chiefs versus Texans tonight. Mahomes versus Watson, Tyreek Hill versus Fuller. Man, there's so many matchups you can look at, but ultimately, it's the two quarterbacks from the 2017 draft, both passed up by the Bears, both drafted behind Trubisky, which for a Vikings fan or any NFC North fan, thank God the Bears didn't get them, or else that would already be Dynasty. I won't be surprised if the Bears were back-to-back champs. They would have Mahomes. And the best defense, maybe not to ever play the game, but the best defense we've seen in a while. The Bears defense is legit. But anyways, we're talking about the Chiefs versus Texans matchup. I'm super excited for this game. You have two quarterbacks who have big arms. Both are mobile. Both have big weapons on the outside. I even forgot the Texans have Brandon Cooks. They got David Johnson. But this is going to be a really big offensive game. I won't be surprised if it's 35-28. I could see the... Texans easily steal in this game, but there's one factor holding them back, and I think it might hold them back from making the playoffs. That is Coach Bill O'Brien. I don't know how he has a job. I mean, he's made the playoffs, but he traded away DeAndre Hopkins for a bag of chips. The moves he makes constantly are just dumbfounding. I don't understand what he's trying to achieve unless he's trying to be the next Bill Belichick, but there's a reason why there's only one Bill Belichick, and that's because there's only one Bill Belichick. Like, it's that simple. But because of him, I think the Chiefs are going to take this game by a touchdown. It'll be an exciting game. It'll be a great way to kick out the season. And I am excited to see how this matchup unfolds tonight. Man, football's back, baby. I want to talk about some of my surprise teams who I think will make the playoffs this year. Two years ago, I called the Bears making the playoffs. I didn't think they would win the division. I thought they'd go about 10-6. and six. I think they went 12-4. and four, And they won the division. So I was wrong about that. But I was right about them making the playoffs and being a good team. And that has solely to do with their defense. I knew they were young, hungry, and in 2015, they ranked top 10. And that was before they added Mac. So with a young defense and an elite player like Mac, there's only up to go. Even with Trubbs as a quarterback, I still thought they'd make the playoffs of the year. Last year, my pick was the Bills. I love Josh Allen, just like Mahomes and Watson. He's a mobile quarterback with a big arm. They have a really good defense like the Bears did. And they just built on it more this uh, past uh, offseason. And they added my boy, Stephon Diggs. Now, they went 10-6, and six, I think, last year. Maybe 11-5. I'll double-check that. But they did that well with basically no weapons for Josh Allen. I mean, they had some young running backs. Frank Gore, okay. They had some decent slot receivers. But now they have a legit number one. And Stephon's going to show it. As long as he remains healthy... Which, relatively, I think he will. He'll at least play 12 out of 16 games, which which is decent. But he is a guy who can not only line up in slot, can line up outside, can take the top off the defense, runs really good routes, has some good hands, and can utilize Josh Allen's big arm. Because that's his, that's his game. He has, good, he has good legs, mobility. He can run pretty far, pretty fast. But his best weapon is his arm. When he unleashes a ball... I think he can throw better than Mahomes when it comes to deep ball. And be sure the Bills are going to take advantage of that this season. 
Now we're talking about surprise teams. There's a couple this season. Usually I try to identify one, but there's a lot of talented teams this season. I have four guys, I have four teams I'm going to break down, talk about. I'm going to give it to you one by one. First, the Broncos. They have a good defense set in place already with Von Miller, Justin Simmons, a good defensive core, a really good defensive-minded coach in Vic Vangio. He coached the Bears in 2016 when they made the playoffs. Or sorry, 2018 when they made the playoffs. But their defense is already set. On offense, they have Drew Locke. Now, I thought Drew Locke a year ago was the best rookie quarterback coming in the league. I thought Kyler Murray might have been a little overhyped. I was wrong about that. Same with Daniel Jones. He's solid too. But Drew Locke is just as good. But he has Cortland Sutherland, Noah Fant, Phil Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, Albert O. I call him Albert O because his last name is super long, super ridiculous. One of the only reasons why I knew about him, I was in a, a franchise fantasy league on Madden this past summer. And I drafted this kid. This kid is a freaking nature. He's fast. And he's like 6'8". So he's just a giant. And no, no offense is the exact same way. He's a tight end too. He's about 6'5", 6'6", somewhere around there. And he's super athletic. On top of that, they drafted Jerry Judy in the first round. And Penn State had this really fast wide receiver named KJ Hamler. He's thrown right in the mix. That's, what, seven weapons for Drew Locke with an already set defense. Don't be surprised if the Broncos make the playoffs there. I'll be surprised if they challenge the Chiefs for the division, like actually challenge, like they're, both teams are 12-4. But don't be surprised if they finish 10-6 and the Chiefs 12-4, 11-5, and they steal one. I don't think they'll win it, but I definitely think they'll be right in the conversation. The second team, who I basically just mentioned, is on the NFC side, the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray's a stud, and just like the Broncos did, they, they went out and added weapons. They traded away David Johnson and got DeAndre Hopkins. David Johnson's been injured the past two years. He hasn't been himself for about three years. And the Cardinals basically got a steal. So now Kyler has Larry Fitzgerald still paired with DeAndre Hopkins. And you can't forget about Christian Kirk. Now he doesn't have as many weapons as Drew Locke. But Kyler Murray has something that Drew Locke does not. His mobility. Expect Kyler Murray to be like Lamar Jackson's here. Using his legs to make plays. And bombing it down the field. The Cards have a decent defense already with Patrick Peterson and Chandler Jones, but they doubled down on that by extending Buda Baker and drafting a guy named Justin Simmons. He's, he has the size of a linebacker, but with the speed of safety. Hence why nobody knew if he was going to be a linebacker or a safety in the league. And honestly, the Cards, they have a history of doing this with Tyron Matthew, Buda Baker, a bunch of other D backs that they've had in the past where they sub him in as a linebacker. But then he can drop deep for a safety play or drop to the flat. Kind of like what Harrison Smith does. So I expect him to play that kind of role this year. So the cards will be a force to be reckoned with. The other surprise team, I put quotes around that because they shouldn't be really a surprise team, would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers basically built an elite defense last year by trading away all their picks for a bunch of really good defensive players. They have, I think, 11 first round player starters former first round picks that are now starters on their defense so they're loaded they have talent all over the place but the biggest factor they get big ben back and apparently he's looking better than ever last season he got hurt had an elbow injury and the steelers were basically a subpar team 500 team which you could point out it's part of the reason why the ravens had success but ultimately i think the steelers would be a good team this year they have firepower on offense and an elite defense don't forget, Big Ben, two years ago, I believe he was top five 
in passing yards. He had more than Mahomes, and that's when Mahomes won his uh, his MVP. He did have an AB then, Antonio Brown, but Big Ben is still a, a good quarterback. And until proven otherwise, you can't bet against him. Kind of like Tom Brady. Now, for my inaugural pick, remember, I called. I called the Bears making the playoffs the year they won the division. I called the Bills making the playoffs, which I believe was the first time in nearly 30 years last season. Let's see if I can hit it third time in a charm. My 2020 pick for the surprise team this year, the team nobody is expecting at all, is the Detroit Lions. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hear me out. Hear me out. Look what they did last year. First off, they almost beat the Chiefs. If it wasn't for a bad call that went for, like, I believe, a 99-yard fumble recovery touchdown, they probably beat the Chiefs. Regardless, that's just that's just one point that's not that that's not as important as this next one. Their defense is pretty decent. I believe in majority of their games, at least 10 out of 16, they lost by less than a touchdown. And keep in mind, that was also only having Matthew Stafford for eight games. He got injured in that eighth game. So he technically didn't even play for half a season. With a retooled defense, some new offensive weapons, the Lions could be a playoff team this year. Nonetheless, basically since probably 2012, they've been a border playoff team ever since, a borderline team. And the fact that the NFL added a seventh seed and all the talent they have, I could very well see them making the playoffs. Easily. I am buying all the hype on the Lions. Plus you have the Bears in the division. I think the Bears are going to end up being one of the worst teams in the league. I want to say a 5-3 win operation. The fact that Mitchell Trubisky is starting over Nick Foles says everything we need to know. Mitchell Trubisky is not a starting NFL quarterback. I wouldn't even want him as a backup quarterback. The fact that Chase Daniels, a legit backup quarterback, a very good one at that, played better than he did when Trubs, whenever Trubs has been out throughout the past few years. He's missed probably like three, four games, I'd say, somewhere around there. Also, the Lions signed the one and only, just like Frank Gore, the ageless wonder, Adrian Peterson. With all this talent on both offense and defensive side, can Adrian get a ring? Now, I just want to talk a little bit about the Lions' defensive piece they acquired. They got Desmond Trufant from the Atlanta Falcons via free agency. They drafted rookie cornerback Jeff Okuda, who actually had a higher ranking coming out of college than Jalen Ramsey. Now, we'll see how it all plays out, but that's a good, that's a good, that's some good conversation to be in. That's a good, that's a good name conversation to be in. You know what I mean? So, he's in the right spot, in the right area. But that's my surprise team this year. I think all four of those teams make make a big impact. But the Lions are the one team nobody expects coming. So, I mean, if you're going to Vegas and you're at the sports bar and you're trying to make a bet and you want that one team that nobody's thinking about, throw $10 on the Lions. I'm actually look up quick what their Vegas odds are making the playoffs. Vegas has them ranked at plus 250. I mean, 235. Nearly 250. I'm checking another site. Now, I know 235 is good. I just don't know what the payout would be if you like threw down like ten bucks. Okay, so here phone phone calculation. So I mean, if you threw down ten bucks, you'd basically you'd double your money. So now we'll talk about who I think will make the playoffs this year. We'll start on the AFC side. I think the Chiefs will take the number one seed. We already know they're loaded on offense. They have a solid defense. So I'm not gonna dive too much into them because they are the reigning champs. Now number two might surprise you. I think the Buffalo Bills will take that spot. They have a quarterback with a big arm, a really solid defense, some good pieces on offense, but the biggest reason is their new wide receiver, Stephon Diggs. Josh Allen finally has a target. 
who can actually match his arm. Diggs can line up in the slot, can go deep, can line up outside, runs really good routes, and has very good hands. Now, number three might surprise you a little just because of where the Bills are, but number three, I have the Titans. They have a really good defense, just signed Clowney, a very good run, run game. They have A.J. Brown, a stud tight end named Johnny Smith, and Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill, I believe, personally, is a really good quarterback. Miami, there's no reason why you had to trade for Josh Rosen. There was no reason why you had to go get Tua. You had your guy. Now, I think Tua will be fine, but I digress. The only reason why Tannehill wasn't successful, which Jets, are you listening? Because he had Adam Gase as his coach. He can't run an offense. He can't call offensive plays. It's as simple as that. Now, number four is the Ravens. The only reason why I have them down this far is because of what I discussed before. First off, I think the Browns will have a good, really good season this year. I think they'll do what they did, what they were supposed to do last year, this year. And we've been mentioning the Steelers before. I think all three of those teams will be battling out throughout the whole season to win the AFC North. Now, coming in at number five, like I just said, I believe that will be the Cleveland Browns. Kevin Stefanski's worked with a bunch of different talents throughout his time with the Vikings, from Adrian to Pete to Percy to Kyle Rudolph, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins, Brett Favre, Dalvin Cook. He knows how to use weapons. He's worked with them before. He's seen success. And the Browns have a lot of weapons, from Jarvis OBJ to Baker to Kareem Hunt to Nick Chubb. Austin Hooper, David Njoku, a revamped offensive line. Kevin Stefanski is actually going to use the weapons, unlike Freddie Kitchens, who I called being a bad coach. I said, week two, they're playing the Jets. Well, first off, week one, by halftime, they had about 10 penalties. And that just shows the team's undisciplined. And that falls back on the head coach. But week two, they're up, I believe, 10 points against the Jets. And all they had to do was run out the clock with two minutes remaining. He's still throwing the ball. Like, why? Just run out the clock. Don't get your quarterback hit. Don't get him injured. Put him backups. Run out the clock. Nope, he's still throwing the ball. And I'm not just talking about little throws. I'm talking about trying to take deep shots, trying to score a touchdown as if he's down. But now they have an actual good coach. Now the Steelers, like I talked about, they have really good defense. Ben ba- Big Ben's back. They have solid offensive pieces all around. So I think all three of those teams will be fighting for the playoffs. I can see them all ending up around 10-6. and six. Somewhere around that ballpark. In the final team, the number seven team, I think it will be the Denver Broncos. Solid defense. Elite defensive line coach. And as I already discussed, their offense. Their offense is going to explode this year. Expect that to happen with all the young pieces. Good defense. Expect them to sneak into the playoffs even with the Chiefs in the division. Now time for the NFC side. Now before you click off or call me Homer, hear me out. I'll tell you why I feel this way. Now, coming in at number one. I believe it will be the Seattle Seahawks. No, not the Vikings. I know it's setting up like that, but number one, I think it will be the Seahawks. First off, they almost swept the 49ers last year. I think it came down to the inch-yard line. And the 49ers are the best team in the NFC last year. Hence, why they why they got the number one seed and why they made the Super Bowl. But with Seattle having a good defense, even though they lost Clowney, they still have a good defense. And on top of that, Russell has something he's never had in his career. Two legit weapons in the passing game. They have DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. Plus, on top of that, they have Chris Carson with two fast, good receiving targets who can execute Russell Wilson's arm, who he might have the best arm in the game. I'm not talking about, like, how far you can throw it. I'm talking about accuracy, deep ball accuracy, where you can throw it deep, but place it where it needs to be. Having the best arm in that category, I won't be surprised if the Seahawks 
are the best team in the NFC this year. Now, number two, before you click off, or just at least skip to the baseball portion to hear me and David break down the baseball, what's remaining, in the pick segment, number two, I think, will be the Vikings. Now, hear me out. They have a lot of pieces on offense. Kirk Cousins has three receiving weapons from Adam Thielen, BC Johnson, and Justin Jefferson. He also has two star tight ends and Kyle Rudolph and Ernest Smith Jr. Then he has Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, and to cap it off, CJ Ham. That's eight weapons for him to utilize. That gives the Vikings to come out in a bunch of formations, and it keeps the defenses on their toes. Now on the defensive side of the ball, per pro football focus, the Vikings have the two best safeties in the NFL. Anthony Harris being number one, Harrison Smith number two. Ever since 2016, the Vikings have two of the top five edge rushers who've caused the most pressures with Yannick and Hunter. Now you have pressure coming off the edge and the back end solidified, you're going to cause air throws and shut down big plays against you. Now underneath or over the middle, you have Anthony Barr with his size and speed. He can match up with any athletic tight end or running back. And then you have Eric Kendricks, who's good overall in the pass game and run game, of course. He even shut down Julio Jones last year. So putting that in the factor, you're covering up big chunks of your defense overall. Now you might ask me, oh, what about their cornerbacks? They're young. Aren't they going to expose? First off, they have Houghton Hill and Mike Hughes. These two guys have played games before. They've shown that they're solid. They've shown what they can do. Every single time they came in, they did their job. Both of them were just overshadowed by Xavier Rhodes and Trey Waynes. Mike Hughes has been dealing with injuries. But Mike Hughes, in his very first game, got a pick six against Jimmy Garoppolo. The same quarterback that was just in the Super Bowl. His first game, a pick six. Mike Hughes can ball. He can play. So can Houghton Hill. So it's not like they're depending on guys who have never played before. They're depending on guys who've had limited yet successful experiences on the field. With a good offense and a defense that would be surprisingly really good this year, I can see them taking the number two seed. Now coming in at number three, a shout out to my dad, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys will probably have the best offense in the NFL. They have three stud wide receivers. Their rookie wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, is getting comparisons to Randy Moss and the type of season he could have that Moss had his rookie season, which just shows how good their offense is going to be. That was Zeke, Tony Pollard, a good offensive line. Expect them, expect them to put up a lot of points. The defense is solid. They got Trayvon Diggs, Stephon Diggs' brother, and they signed Everson Griffin, who will be good coming off the edge. So expect the Cowboys to be a top three team in the NFC this year. Now coming in at number four are the Buccaneers. The reason why I have them a little bit low, even though they could be up to number one, possibly where the Vikings are number two, bumping everyone down. The reason why I have them at number four is because I think they will have the type of season the Browns had last year, even though the Browns last year were expected to do really good. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think they'll be solid. But with a total of four competent quarterbacks in the NFC South, they're going to be battling for that. I think they'll finish around 10 and 6 with the Falcons, the Carolina Panthers, and the Saints right behind them. Saints, I think, will finish around 9-7. Falcons, 8-8. Eight eight. Panthers, 6-10. They're going to have some solid clubs to deal with. I can see them being like Peyton Manning when he went to the Broncos. He made the Super Bowl the first year, missed it the second year, both really good season, and then won it the last year. But I expect the Bucks to build on their chemistry this year and use all of that for next year and win a Super Bowl. With not being able to build chemistry throughout the offseason due to the times we live in, I think that will play a big impact on the Bucks being as successful as they can be. Now, number five is this. This will either be the Vikings or the Packers, depending what happens. But I think the Packers in this scenario will end up around here with Matt LaFleur in his second season. 
Expect him to do just as well. Aaron Rodgers is pissed off they drafted his backup. He wants to play for at least another five more years, especially with the Packers. They added a weapon in the ground game with A.J. Dillon, but a lack of passing game will hurt them, I think. But with the piss off Aaron Rodgers, expect anything to happen. Coming in at number six is the 49ers. Now, you might think they're a little too low, but they lost a big defensive piece by trading them to the Colts. Right now, their wide receivers are injured. They're young but injured. So, even though I like Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuels, I'm not going to bank everything in them. It sounds like they're having running back issues a little bit too in camp. So, I see them having a Super Bowl hangover and regressing just a little. I think they'll be decent, but I think they'll regress just a little. And to wrap it up, coming at number 7 is my sleeper pick, the Lions. Which, I already broke down why I think they'll end up here. Now, let's break down the NBA playoffs. I think the Heat are legit. If they make the finals, I think they'll win it. As much salt as I have for Jimmy Butler, he's a very good player. I'm a little surprised they didn't sweep the Bucks, getting up 3-0. But the Bucks barely beat them in Game 4. And with that massive lead the Heat have, expect them to wrap it up within the next game or two. If the Bucks come back, I'll be even more shocked than what's happened so far. But the Heat are legit. Next, you have the Raptors and the Celtics. This is a dogfight. I kind of want the Raptors to prevail, but I like both teams in this instance. It's a good matchup. Both teams are taking jabs at each other, but whoever wins game five, I think will win the series because after game five, either it's going to get tied up or the other team's going to go home. So expect that game to play out over the next few days and we'll probably be seeing the two East teams playing by this weekend. Next you have the Lakers versus Rockets. The Rockets took game one, but LeBron James and company came back and took game two. Which James will prevail? I'm hoping it's LeBron. I would like to see an LA versus LA Western Conference Finals, but seeing how this series is going so far, I don't think we'll see that until next week, or at least to see who makes the Western Conference Finals. Now for the last game in the Western Conference, the Nuggets versus Clippers, I don't think the Nuggets stand a chance. I'm not surprised they took game two. I was thinking that they would in the first place just because the Nuggets won a close game over the Jazz. And then the very next night that they play the Clippers. Most of all the other games they've had at least a day off. But because all the schedule played out, they had to play the next day. So when they finally had 24 hours to rest, I was kind of thinking with all that physical, for lack of a better word, punishment they just went through. They just endured. I can see them still having that same mentality, that still the same grind mentality, but with more rest. And that's why they took game two. But I think the Clippers will take the next three and win the series. If not, I think they'll win the series regardless. There's a more talented team. Even though Nuggets are, are a good defense team, the Clippers are just as defensive, yet with a way better offense. So I think it will be Heat versus Raptors come this weekend. And then next week we'll see... The two LA teams go at it. And we'll see how it all plays out. Now let's get into our baseball conversation. We are joined today without David. He did not like the L he took last week or these last few weeks. He has been leading in the pick segment for three weeks now. I am up 36 to 35. I miscounted last week. Forgot to give him the bonus points. So we are tied at 26. I got 10 points this week. He only got nine. Overall, it was a pretty good, pretty good week by both play, by both parties. Let's just break down to see how the MLB is doing right now per division. Who's hot? Yeah, the Rays and the Jays. The Rays are so far leading the the division at 28 and 13. The Blue Jays are right behind at 22 and 18. Both look to make the playoffs. Both are doing pretty well over the last 10. The Rays are on fire, 8 and 2. The Blue Jays, 6 and 4. Not bad. Now in the Central Division, you have the White Sox. 
Indians, and Twins. The White Sox are at 26 and 15. Right behind them by half a game is the Indians at 25 and 15, and the Twins are 26 and 17. The Twins bounce back a little from their struggling streak. They've won six of the last ten and are looking to take their spot back in the Central. I'm a little surprised that the Sox are doing this well, but they have a bunch of young talent. They're kind of like the Twins last year. Bunch of young hitters with some veteran pieces sprinkled in here and there. Even though Cleveland traded away a big pitcher at the trade deadline, they're still competing. They're still doing, they're still doing well. 7-3, both the White Sox and Indians. If they keep going at the rate they're going at, they'll probably win the division. Twins will probably be locked in at number 4. Now, onto the West. You have the Mariners and the Angels, who are doing really well right now. But, looking at the odds with how many games they've lost so far, they both probably will not make the playoffs. Especially the Angels being at 17 and 25, eight and a half games back. Unless the A's and Astros completely drop off, the Angels will probably miss it. Now onto the National League. In the East, you have the Braves and Phillies. Both are doing very well right now, leading their division. The Braves are at 24 and 16, but right behind them in two and a half games is the Phillies at 20 and 17. I think the Braves will end up winning this division, but if Philly goes on a big run and the Braves struggle at all. It could easily be flipped. Now in the central, you have the cards. The cards are doing solid. They're only at 17 and 15, but that had to do with the coronavirus having to suspend games. But they're they're fighting for a spot right now. They won six of the last ten and are only a game and a half back behind the Cubs. And in the the West, you have the Dodgers and Padres. No surprise there. Dodgers are still on a tear. They've already made the playoffs. They've won seven of the last ten. At 30 and 12, they're locked in at the number one seed. The Padres are slightly behind them at 25 and 17. 99% chance to make the playoffs, but that's basically locked in just as well. They are five games behind the Dodgers. I don't think they'll win the division, but they're going to be a, a big playoff team this year, especially with the trade they made to get Clevenger. Now, let's look at who's not. Who is struggling? Let's go back to the American League side, the start at the East. You have the Yankees. The Yankees have lost their last three games, only won four games overall in their last 10. They are 21-19, and 19, about 7 games behind first place in the East. They still have a really good shot at making the playoffs, which I'm not sure how, but I don't think they'll win the division. The Rays are doing really good right now, and they took advantage of the Yankees this past weekend, beating them, um, I believe, 2 out of 3 times in the series. Next, in the Central, you have the Tigers who are struggling right now. They look like they might have been uh, a potential 8th seed, but the way that they're struggling, they probably won't make the playoffs. They've only, they've only gone 500 over the last 10 games, which is subpar. And then you also have the Royals, but I think they might be tanking. They're 14 and 21, 14 and 27. They only won, they've only won two games out of the last 10. Now in the West, you have both the Astros and A's struggling. In their last 10, both teams have only won four games. The Astros are only three and a half games behind. The A's are 23 and 14, while the Astros are 21 and 19. But the Astros have lost four straight. Both teams will make the playoffs. But the Astros are struggling really, really hard right now. Mostly if they can bounce back. Now, onto the National League. In the East, you have the Marlins and the Mets. Both teams trying to find a spot in the playoffs. The Marlins are 17 and 18, and the Mets are 19 and 23. The Marlins have only won three out of the last 10, while the Mets have only won four out of the last six. Even though the Marlins have a better record than the Mets at this point, I think the Mets will overtake them and probably have a better shot at making the playoffs than the Marlins. In the Central, you have the Cubs and the Brewers, who are kind of just floating. Both 500 over the last 10, 
The Cubs are in first place at 23 and 18, while Milwaukee is in third place at 18 and 21. Both both have lost multiple games in a row, but the Cubs, unlike the Brewers, have a lot better chance of making the playoffs. But thankfully for the Reds, the Brewers are able to stay ahead of them as the Reds' chances of making the playoffs are slowly slipping away. At 4 and 6 over the last 10, the Reds' chances of making the playoffs keep getting slimmer and slimmer every time they lose a game. In the NLS, you have the Rockies and the Giants. Both teams are kind of floating as well at 500 over the last 10 games. The Rockies are 20 and 20, and the Giants are right behind them with 20 and 21. Now, I was a little bit wrong about the Giants. I thought they were tanking. It seems like the Diamondbacks have overtaken that spot right now. But both the Rockies and the Giants have won their last two games. Both teams are trying to get one of the last wildcard spots. So we'll see how they fare over this next coming week. Now on to our pick segment. Dave is not here. He gave me his picks. So I'll read them out to you. But first we have the Red Sox and the Rays. Like we talked about, the Rays are on fire. And with the Red Sox struggling, I'm going to call for the sweep by the Rays. Now just to classify, just so David... Can't complain next podcast about the score while we copy his picks. I am not looking at his picks right now. I'll pull him up afterwards, but I won't be surprised if he does the same thing. And then you have the Indians at the Twins. I think the Indians win the first one, but then lose the last two. Next, we have the Pirates versus the Royals. Both teams are struggling, but with the Royals being slightly better, I'm going to say the Royals win the first one, Pirates win the second one, and the Royals win the last one so uh, i think the pirates will go loss win loss and we'll go we'll go with one of, we'll go with one of the more interesting teams with the rock they're going up against the angels i say the rockies lose the first one but then pick up the slack and win the next two to recap david's picks red Sox versus rays he's picking in the socks to get swept so we have the same there not surprised next he has the indians versus twins the indians losing the first one but winning the last two so Flipped from what, so flipped from what I had. Then the Pirates versus Royals. He has win, loss, loss. So we're both projecting a, a one-two series. And then he's going with the Rockies to sweep the Angels. All right, that's it for the sports report. Tune in next week.